Hi fam, and welcome to a Sober Girls podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and I have been sober for 11 years, and through that time have been through my own ups and downs, not only with staying sober, but also learning to live life on life's terms. If you are listening to this, then you have previously or are currently struggling and are ready to take certain steps to get better. Alcoholism has affected each of us differently, but we all have the same stories, what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. You are ready to make a change in your life, and we are glad to have you here. This community is one of strength, commonality, and inclusion. The only way we stay sober is to help the suffering alcoholic and addict, and I am ready to take you on that journey with me. So let's get started. What's up, fam? I hope that you had an awesome weekend and a good rest of your week last week. For me, work was absolutely insane, and Thursday I ended up having a, not really a breakdown, but have you ever been so mad? You have had this feeling of warmth come over you, and you can't speak, but you're so angry. Huge crocodile tears just rolled on your face. That was me on Thursday. (laughs) It was so insanely frustrating. But the good thing is, is that I was able to talk to someone at work and my feelings were validated. And even if they weren't, someone was willing to hear me out and someone was real willing to talk to me about how I was feeling and let me just vent. So that was a really good turnout to what was for me a stressful week. Needless to say, because of all the stress and anxiety that I have been dealing with from work, I have really had to put into practice my program. And man, am I thankful for my program. I am so thankful for everything that it has given me in this past week in our meetings. One person had the topic brought up about Uh, what we're doing in our world to focus on our serenity. And I think part of the reason why it has been going so well for me outside of just small nuances and difficult things at work is because not only am I talking about my program and working my program, but I am sharing my story. There's this huge release of burden when I tell you guys my story. Yeah, you can't see my face while you're listening, but you know you can find me on Instagram. You know you can find me on Facebook. There is no faceless name. And so if you ever really wanted to get to know me, you could find me. So, you know, it's really important to me that if I'm going to be thoroughly honest with everybody that I tell everything. And the more I tell you about my experience, strength, and hope and what happens to me on a daily basis, I find that I am doing better. And that was one thing that he pointed out in his share was that when we reach out to help someone, it's because we need to stay sober. It is a program of we, but also it is a program where our sobriety comes first. And in order to keep it, we have to give it away. And I know when I call my sponsor, she usually will say to me, I'm so glad you called me because I was really having a rough day and this really helped me. 
So you don't realize how even in your complaining or whining, how you're affecting other people, how good you are for someone else. And I think that's just a really positive way to look at even when I'm stressed out, I'm serene because even if I have a bad day at work, I know that I have these outlets or opportunities. And like I said, my sleep is a whole nother situation. That is more... Uh, medical than it is physical or mental. I have no thyroid, so I have to take a certain amount of medication every day in order to function. And sometimes if that's off or my thyroid's off, the thyroid hormone is off, or I've had too much coffee or not enough, co- not enough coffee, everything will be really off. And it's not always easy to function when you are low on sleep and exhausted, trying to make it through to the next day. Remember I said that we are hungry, angry, lonely, tired when there are things that are triggering us or causing us to want to drink. And I think for me, one of the things that I have experienced or dealt with that has really made me want to take care of myself and my sobriety is I've had relapse dreams. And about one third of us are going to be going through relapse dreams. And I will never forget the very first time that I had mine. It doesn't matter how much serenity you have. It doesn't matter how much time you have. It really doesn't, there's nothing that says, oh, if you have A, B, C, and D, you're going to have a relapse dream. You're probably going to have one. And just because you have a relapse dream, it doesn't mean that you're going to relapse. I do remember mine waking me up in the middle of the night and I kind of had to sit up and look around and I put my hands down and I was probably about nine and a half, ten years sober and that's how long it took. But I sat up and I looked around and you know how you're kind of fuzzy when you first wake up and you're kind of like, oh my god, what is going on? Well, because of that, I thought I had drank. So I tapped my husband and I said, hey, I said, we, I haven't, I haven't been drinking, right? And he was like, no. He's like, not that I know of. And I was like, okay. And I kind of told him that I had had a relapse dream. And that really, really bothered me because for me, I know that dreams like are subconscious, right? I know that it's fragments of reality, fragments of memory, a way to process emotions, a way to deal with trauma. A lot of things come up in our subconscious that we don't remember. But for me, it wasn't necessarily, it's not always a relapse dream. It's just a I've been drinking dream. But for me, that is a relapse, right? Because I've been sober for 12 years almost. So for me, in my mind, that's a relapse. But if we have struggled with addiction for any period of time. Our bodies depend on that for survival. I remember coming off of using and I'd been a while since I'd probably used pills, probably been about four or five months since I used pills, probably about good year that I quit smoking uh, marijuana and that wasn't by choice. That was because my ex-husband came home and you can smell it. There's no way I could have got away with that. So I just drank a lot of wine. So when I was detoxing, I was detoxing big time because it was almost a bottle a day, you guys, and I, I didn't discriminate. But I had never 
heard of relapse dreams it didn't dawn on me that this was something that could actually happen i have never heard it affecting anybody else and what's interesting is that for me the relapse dream didn't come into play until later later on right there is a gentleman john f kelly phd He um, is the founder and the director of Recovery Research Institute, and he believes that the relapse dreams actually may be part of the healing stabilization process that happens in sobriety. And so for me, when I look at that period of my life, that period of what was happening between year nine and 10, which oddly enough coincides with the end of what we know as normal and the beginning of pandemic life or a change in life. But I really do believe that I was starting on a different level to heal. I I remember telling you guys that I really didn't start taking my program seriously, probably till about year seven or eight. So the fact that the relapse dreams came around, you know, the time of years nine and 10, for me, when I was in the starting the program, that was year seven or eight. So I mean, technically, that's year two or three of healing. My body is starting to really allow myself to realize what's going on, deal with certain traumas, deal with certain issues. I am changing my lifestyle. I am changing my food, my workouts, my interactions with certain people. I'd cut people out of my life, brought new people into my life. So everything between years eight and 10, really sincerely sincerely were a product of change for me. They were a product of growth. So when I read that, I guess it really didn't shock me to be completely honest. And the one thing that I didn't like was that I had felt almost, it was probably for a day or two, like I had to take more care of myself. I felt like I had to really watch out for what I was going through. What I ended up doing was it made me, number one, be grateful for my program, right? It made me be thankful for my sobriety. And it made me wonder if there was something outside of my healing, my growth, my change, that was really deep down inside that I had to identify. Something that would make me stressed out, relapsed, concerned, angry, anxious. And even if I wasn't showing it on the outside, even if I wasn't feeling it or aware of it, there was something subconsciously that is going on. So I called my sponsor. Um, I didn't call her at two in the morning when I woke up, but I did call her the next morning when I woke up that morning, same morning, not next. And I told her about my dream and she's like, that actually has happened to me. And she's like, it hasn't happened for quite a while, but it has happened to me. And so it was just nice to know that I wasn't alone. When I asked her what I should do, she said, you know, you can handle it however you feel it's necessary. And she had a different process of dealing with those kinds of things because they were so infrequent. She said for her, it's just a small reminder that, oh, thank God I am sober. And she didn't really feel that I was a threat to her sobriety. There are a lot of people that probably do and would. And I think that's completely fair because I am so afraid of having relapse dreams. I think that is part of the reason why 
I struggle to sleep sometimes, but I don't actively think about it. I do think about relapsing. I do think about relapse dreams. And so I started doing a little bit of research because this was something that was so new to me. And I really wanted to talk to you guys about it. I really wanted to make sure that you had the best information that you could so that not only did you not feel alone, but there are a few options for what to do when you have these relapse dreams or drinking dreams or drunk dreams, whatever subconscious dream you have, there is a solution for it. And so I would like to talk to you about those. So if you have a relapse dream, here are a few things that they say that you can do to help out with not only understanding your dream, but these were done in a dream recovery study, actually. So these were some of the things that helped a couple of the people in the study. When you wake from your dream, write it down. Take some time to detail your dream and how it made you feel. For example, are you disgusted by the behavior in your dream or did it make you want to use again? I definitely was not disgusted. I was not disgusted. I was, however, in the dream. I do specifically remember that I was very fearful and I wasn't afraid of being caught. I wasn't afraid of losing my time in sobriety. I wasn't really afraid of anything other than I was afraid of why I was drinking. I was afraid of, is this really happening to me? I do remember fear being a very big component of the detail of the dream. And I do remember that it was wine. I do remember that it was red and there was a wine glass, but I definitely do remember that I had had a lot of fear in that dream. Uh, Another thing you can do is talk to someone you trust. And that is the biggest thing, honest to God, because that is not something when you have your relapse dream, that is not something that you want to just go, oh, well, that's done and over with. I mean, if that's how you handle it, great. But I really do think that someone needs to know, not because it's a precursor to, oh, we think you're going to drink or it's a precursor to what you're going to do or have done. It's more or less something in your subconscious and just getting it out there, being honest with it allows you to process what actually happened. When we have dreams, and I said earlier, there's fragments of reality and fragments of subconscious and fragments of hopes and fears. There is some point to nostalgia and to use your dream to identify any triggers that could have reminded you of your using days. You know, you can think of that. Did you bump into an old friend or hear an old song that made you nostalgic? To be completely honest, when I did it, I didn't really have anything going on. I wish I would have possibly looked for triggers. I wish I possibly would have looked for things that could have gone wrong or were going wrong, but I just didn't. And I didn't because my sponsor didn't bring it up to me. Moving forward, that is one thing that I have done. I've looked at my work schedule, my life schedule. How are things going in my marriage? How are things going in my relationship? And if there's any potential triggers that might make me want to drink or think about drinking, even if I am not feeling it, I definitely am aware, my body's aware, my brain's aware that this feeling, this interaction really has an effect on my subconscious. And 
it could make you nostalgic. So that's going to come up in your memories. And even if you don't realize it because it's been suppressed or you've tried to forget about it, your body always remembers. So it's important to kind of just take that time. It goes back to the journaling and writing it all down and kind of just getting it all out there. I really don't journal. I will be honest. And it's because I have this podcast. It's because I have an opportunity to share with you guys every single week what I'm going through. And there is nothing that I've told you that hasn't happened to me on a weekly or daily basis. So I have the opportunity and the pleasure to talk to you guys about how I'm feeling. When you get across something like this, you can take the opportunity to kind of refine your relapse prevention plan. Right, so either you're thinking about using again or your body's remembering a time when you were using and even if you can say to yourself again, okay, well that was just a dream, no big deal. When it comes to your sobriety, you can never really truly be too careful, right? And that comes down to reaching out to someone again or having a prevention plan. Even if you can't nail down a trigger, a thought, anything along those lines, It's kind of like having a fire escape plan, right? You might not ever use it, but it's always good to have because if you have it and you don't need it, then it's just one more resource and it's one more thing that you know, it's like your insurance. It's, you know, it's going to be there for you if you need it. But if you don't have it, I think that can be a problem as it relates to your sobriety. There is nothing that sincerely stops us from drinking except for our willingness and honesty to say this is what's going on in my life. Secrets keep us sick. The more we shove things down, the more we play things off as oh that's okay, those are the things that are going to keep us from living out rigorous honesty. There's no real cure for the dreams surrounding old behaviors or relapsing as we continue to recovery and we start to change the association of the behavior from manifestation of the pleasure center for dopamine and serotonin being released, which we would get every now and then when we started drinking or using. A fun party-oriented setting dream can morph from a happy dream reminiscing of the high to a dream about the debilitating consequences of an addiction such as arrest or infidelity. And the good thing about all of these is that you have to remember that they are only temporary. And as stressful as this can be, it's also a good opportunity to kind of relook at things and understand that, yes, you are still sober. Yes, you still have an opportunity to make a few changes, maybe revamp a few things. And if you need to make a few changes to your routine or give yourself an extra mental health day, which I am huge on, by the way, then that's definitely something you can do. I know that this is a little bit weirder of an episode, but I think this is something that we need to talk about because as I'm finding in my sobriety, there are not a lot of things that have not been covered. Last week, you found out I crapped my pants talking to the police. I mean, really, what else could there be? But I'm finding the more and more I go, the more and more I get into this, that I am still growing, changing, and evolving. And I have to understand that when these things come up, they're not coming up for just me. 
they are coming up for you. They are coming up for people who have struggled with with, um, their sobriety or their using, sorry. And I think that it's important that people know if you are close to relapse or have relapsed or had a relapse dream that it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're screwed up. It just means that your body needs some readjustments. And so don't be afraid when you have these dreams, thoughts, or feelings. Just know that there is something out there for you. You're not alone. I'm here for you. And I could not be more happy than I am to share my story with you. Even the mundane things, you guys, this is not a mundane topic, right? Relapse dreams are actually not mundane topics. It's probably not as hard hitting as some of our other topics that we've been discussing, but it's definitely something that I think we need to be able to talk about and be okay with. I also think it's something that happens more often than we're willing to admit. And I think that comes with kind of the whole ego thing. Well, whatever, it's no big deal. It's not that it's not a big deal, right? Okay, it might not be a big deal, but it definitely is something that you need to take into consideration as it relates to your program and as it relates to your sobriety. If you want to actually do a little bit more research about relapsed dreams, you can actually find the study. It's Massachusetts General Hospital Recovery Research Institute. And they are the ones that did the study. And it's absolutely phenomenal. And that is where the author, John F. Kelly, is the one who told Science Daily about his study. He does realize that there needs to be more study about dreams and the relation to relapse risk and how they decay with time and recovery. But he said that this actually could be information treatment providers and families can use to know what to expect in recovery. It's definitely something that happens for a lot of people sooner in their recovery in a uh, 30 to 60, 90 day window. But that's not discriminatory. Like I said, mine happened in that eight to 10 year time frame when I really started working my program. But I do think it's important that there are people who do know if you do have these relapse dreams. And I think you should also tell your provider because for those of us with diagnosed mental health issues, I don't want to say issues. That's such a bad word, isn't it? Oh man, what a bad thing to say. What a bad, bad stigma mental with mental mental health diagnoses um it's nice to be able to tell your provider because if it continues or there and it is an uptick it could be related to your medication as well so again honesty is always the best policy don't just brush things off don't just kind of oh well it's just a dream you know cinderella had dreams too so don't just pass on it make sure you take it seriously make sure you take your health seriously yourself seriously and your sobriety seriously because I don't want to see you put in a position where if you have a dream, you're just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? I had a dream about it. That's fine. Don't stress out about it. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me, reach out to your sponsor. Again, you can check out that study. It's Massachusetts General Hospital and it's John F. Kelly is the gentleman who did the study. So definitely give that a look and remember to go easy on yourself. Take it easy. Don't try and stress too much. Put yourself first and take care until I talk to you next time. Be well fam. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of a Sober Girls podcast. 
I hope that today's episode was something that you needed to hear today and can carry with you throughout the week until we get together next week. I really look forward to our time together and sharing my experience, strength, and hope so that you feel less alone and more empowered to keep taking it one day at a time. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and on Instagram at a sober girls pod and on our website at a sober girls podcast.podbean.com. There you can find episode specific content and contact information. You can also hear us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, and Spotify. Until next time, fam, be well.